0: To win the game. Hello? You play to win the
1: game. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. If you want to crown them, then crown them. A-
2: but they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook.
1: Hello, and thank you for joining us. It's the Commissioner's Corner Podcast. I'm Commish Khan, and tonight, over the phone, we have a very special show lined up for you. Joining me over in Northeast Portland, prepping himself for the Portland Trail Blazers preseason basketball game tonight, it's the one, the only, Paul the Prophet Sheffield. Paul, how we doing this evening?
2: Dude, I feel great. What you guys can't see right now is I've got my Blazer jersey on, And I also got the Baseball World Classic Israeli hat on. You know, I am representing all fronts today, feeling fantastic.
1: And and that is, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that is because the Blazers are playing an international team tonight, right?
2: Yes, I should be more specific on that. They're playing an Israeli team tonight, to uh, be more specific. They're playing Haisha.
1: I think you might be the only... Her owner of the Lug that was prepped and ready with an Israeli baseball hat from the World Baseball Classic. Like, that is, I mean, shout I, out I to your you're... preparation there because I honestly don't know who else in the group would have had one of those just lying around for the off chance the Blazers go and match up against Haza or whatever it was tonight. Haifa, Haifa. Um, um, but yes, feeling great. Derek, the people all know you as Mr. Rocks. We know you as the 3-2 and threat for the playoffs in the Lug and it's unfamiliar territory for the rest of us, but you have been cool, calm, and collected. You continue to shape and shift your team and make yourself a contender. How is your mentality after week six? After week five, excuse me.
0: I'm doing good, Connor. Uh, It's great to be here as always, but yeah, no, not the best performance. It happens. It, It happens and I'm just... Moving right along, and in this next week here, I mean, I I got no complaints outside of fantasy football. It's literally the best time of the year. We got playoff baseball. That's we right. Got basketball starting up, and
2: then we got the sport that we all love in the league. I don't, don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about playoff baseball. Yeah, okay. Paul. Oh, Jesus uh, a, a
1: quick note there. How crushing was that postseason Kershaw appearance in the Dodgers falling to Natitude in Game Five?
2: Terrible coaching. Like Kershaw has had a history in the playoffs specifically for activity. He has never thrown home runs on back-to-back pitch- pitches in the regular season, um, but he had done it before in the postseason, and he did it again last night. It's nothing against Kershaw. Yes, he did give up those home runs, but with such a deep pitching field that the Dodgers have, um, I, it was very frustrating to see Kershaw out there in the uh, later half of the seventh. The well, And an I, interesting I, that, move that, for
1: sure, not to ever even acknowledge Kelly, Kenley Jansen's existence no, in that situation. No, I mean, absolutely. he's not even in, up in the pen.
2: No, not even up in the pen. They have about four other like guys that they could have put in that I, with matchup wise would have just been better and I, whatever, you know, I'm, the yeah. season's over. We, we
1: shouldn't um, let's not fall yeah. down this rabbit hole. We've got a yep. ton of football to talk about as Derek was uh, alluding to before we cut him off Uh, boys tonight, the return of our first segment up for debate and it's an interesting one. So I was reading about it a little bit. And of course, if you've listened to our podcast before, you know, the league of ordinary gentlemen last season made the switch to the half point PPR Format in terms of scoring systems. Um, my question, though, is actually for those maybe either in a full point PPR currently or or existing in the ESPN standard fantasy scoring um, realm. Up for debate tonight is the classic, age old fantasy question: Half is a full point PPR league or an ESPN standard scoring league better for your fantasy football league? And with that, boys, it's up for debate.
0: Here, go ahead all right so um i have experience doing both you know i i believe we all do yeah when the league started we were not doing ppr correct me on that 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 is right no you're correct Uh, last last
1: season was actually our first half point ppr season
0: damn it seems like more than two years we've been doing that but anyways um unbelievable game changer once we made the switch and that was only half point and the reason i think it is so important to have ppr and why it should be standard and every league should do it is because you have these receivers and running backs who um you know you have those uh, first few rounders who are just unreal they're just gonna be getting action all game and um it the pp the ppr points they, they give those other players a chance you know it it, it makes the coaching strategy um or it, it makes it makes it more strategic from your side because you actually need to look at the lineups all these players can end up performing you know right uh, I around think, the point I, where those like first few rounders are as long as you're paying attention like knowing how many catch, catches there, Um, capable of getting but it's just a lot more attention to detail and if you are capable of doing that it makes a lot more sense
1: right and and I think to sum that up a little bit too um, it sounds like you're kind of saying it adds a new element to a lot of players where you're not just guessing on who's going to score a touchdown that day or who's going to you know benefit from one long play but you're actually you know if you think of Jarvis Landry on the Miami Dolphins the dude didn't score very often but if you're putting up 10 catches for 80 yards a game that should be rewarded exactly
0: exactly and you know that'll, that'll make him like or even out to one of those players you know are gonna score those like 10 15 points
2: a game
1: absolutely and and Paul as I understand it you might see it a little differently
2: yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know what was weaker—that uh, Derek's argument there or uh, John Fishback's <laughs> fantasy team. So, okay, well, I literally didn't even have any time to think about what I was going to be saying. No, that's before. fine. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with what I'm going to say, but it's going to be a way better argument or a, a constructed right. argument, I should say. So, all right. um, here is because I'm a, I'm a big proponent of half point PPR. I think as being the happy medium um, makes all families happy. But let me get to why I think standard um, is superior to a full PPR. So. When you, when you switch to a full PPR, the wide receiver gains more value over the running back, um, any type of running back, whether you're receiving running back or just a traditional running back. You're never going to get as many targets typically as a wide receiver one or even a wide receiver two. So there's already more depth in the NFL at wide receiver. So if you're going to go to a full PPR, then you're going to have this huge amount of depth in wide receiver. And then the wide receiver has more value. So then it just makes the running back almost completely obsolete at that point. Um, It makes especially the running backs that don't catch passes just become almost pointless uh, pieces to a a team. I think uh, when you have a standard league, it gives way more value to a running back. And you will tend to try to decide if you want to put a running back at flex or if you want to put a wide receiver at flex. Like I have four Running backs that can start on a lot of teams in this um, in this league, but even with a half point PPR, a lot of times I have to lean towards wide receiver because of that points per reception. Um, so when you take away uh, take away everything, when you take away all points per reception, it makes the spot. Also way more Do I put a running back here? Do I put a here? I put a half point full point PPR? I'm
1: think you're I, kind of breaking well, up I there a little bit, point. Paul. So I wanted I, I, to uh, go ahead and reinforce <laughs> you a little bit there. So I think you're saying when you take away that full point or half point PPR, then the running back becomes a much more significant portion. Um, of your fantasy football strategy Correct. as in the half point and full point PPR. There's a select few running backs so, you know, receiving those dump offs, but outside of that, now you're looking a lot more at the second wide receiver, even sometimes a third wide receiver in your flex position, whereas a yeah, standard like, league allows you to really go running back heavy, take chances on a guy like Hillman starting for the Giants tonight or exactly. someone along those lines and win a more rugged matchup maybe.
2: But if you're doing a full point PPR, you're like more likely to start Sanu, who is a third wide receiver on a losing NFL team. Shout out Kyle George, Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> yeah,
1: what, a little shout out there that? for Kyle, who's already reeling from what's the, the problem with that, Paul? that seems like a <laughs> low blow.
0: Yeah, no, sorry, Kyle. Sorry. What's the go. problem with starting Sanu? Like, if you are doing PPR, why are you saying that that is that isn't like good enough?
1: Because because that's a because, segment
2: like i said there's already a plethora of wide receivers you're starting the third wide receiver on a team rather than starting one of the running backs where there's in my opinion there's 20 starting running backs that you can use easily um in the nfl on a in on a non-ppr but when you go to a half point or full point ppr there's a lot of running backs that you're just never going to even think about starting
0: i think it just simplifies the strategy it just you just need to get more granular with it, with PPR, and actually like pay attention to the matchups, the specific cornerbacks guarding the receivers, how they've how they've performed through the season. It's it's I, I think the biggest difference between the two is there's just a lot more action and a lot more statistics that you need
2: to pay attention to in yeah, order to prepare like, yourself. Derek definitely gets you, points think, for
1: using the word granular in an yeah. ideal fashion.
2: And then he, oh, yeah. but he start he started that sentence off with simplified, and it's a more simplified system, which is probably good for the Derricks and the Tyler's of the world. So
1: okay, <laughs> man, Paul coming out with the heavy hand, I like it. Um, yeah, my ruling is that obviously you got to go with half point PPR. It's right down the middle. Everyone okay, knows no, this. Sh-
2: you, you, we didn't get that option. We didn't get that. <laughs> right, yeah, I,
1: I left it for myself because it's perfectly. commissioner's corner, and I'm commissioner, so I left it for myself. Obviously, sure. the reason you got to go half point is. In today's NFL, where passing is so much more significant than the 1960s, 70s, 80s, 90s, all those eras, is you got to reward people for being involved in the offense. And we see it with a guy like Christian McCaffrey, who might be leading in fantasy with his rushing alone, but how prominent he is in Carolina's passing offense, he's also their number one wide receiver, and although he is... Somewhat of an outlier, it would feel a little bit like robbery um, for guys like him, guys like Alvin Kamara, not to have their full impact judged um, in terms of how often they're touching the ball. And then I also think, you know, that goes down the line when you're looking at a position like tight end, a guy like Jared Kelsey, who's, you know, catching a lot of touchdowns, which would sure help you in standard fantasy league, but he's also being targeted so often that you need those points to separate him from. You know a guy like Heath Miller of the old Pittsburgh Steelers, who would just <laughs> haul in touchdowns every game, but only catch three balls. So I, th- yep. I think it's a good reward for those players who are consistently targeted and consistently um, a focal point of their team's offenses. Getting a, a you know a half point burst per time they catch yeah. the ball, I think it's a perfect perfect little sweetener. Yeah, I agree. And so with that, Personally. I think a great debate by you two. But as we know, Paul's on a clock tonight, and we would never keep anyone from watching our beloved Portland Trailblazers dominate whoever's facing them. Um, let's get right into the waiver report for week six. So, hot t- hot ticket this weekend, or I mean this Wednesday, Tevin Coleman. Obviously, after Seven. watching that dominant San Francisco running performance. Yeah. uh You knew the 49ers running backs were going to be a a big option for a lot of teams that needed some help in the running back or flex position. Tyler Bagenstas scores him as he's needing to get a win on the board this week at one and four. Um, What are our thoughts on that San Francisco offense and what Kyle Shanahan's been able to do with that team?
0: I think it's the only offense in the NFL where um, you you can have those two running backs, both of them. Belonging the starting lineup, in my opinion, Derek,
1: you are on fire already with your points. That is oh, yeah. a great point because I completely agree. Keep going.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, at first it was like kind of weird because they are throwing in like Moser or whatever the hell his name is
1: with Tevin out of the with that ankle injury. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. and I mean it was kind of sketch when they were like rotating three because I, I, I don't know they just weren't getting enough action. But now that it's just two and how dominant they've been running the football, they're obviously not going to be changing their gameplay or game plan anytime soon. So I, I definitely see them just dominating both Breda and, and Coleman. And,
1: and Paul, and it's,
0: it's scary that he has both of them.
1: Right. I, I think so too. I, and Paul, it, this is one of those situations um, where we're seeing an offensive coordinator, or in this case, the head coach as well um, really impact a player's fantasy value.
2: Yeah, no, uh we absolutely are and I think that's something that's been understated about the 49ers. I was listening to uh, um, Colin Coward today and you can say what you want about him. I know. I actually I actually
1: saying, like him normally. I'm just I'm pro Baker, yeah. he's anti Baker so. No,
2: I yeah, which is fair. But um, one of the points that he was making is uh, he thinks Garoppolo and the coach are one of the best combinations in the league right now. Um, and like you can't really argue it when your team is 5 and 0 or 4 and 0 I guess they had a bye. And Uh, complete domination of the Browns, just like from all fronts, offense to defense, it's been incredible. And I I think Garoppolo's got added value because of it. I think Coleman's got added value from it. I think uh, they have a receiving core that's getting added value from it. Uh, So as a whole, I think coaching is always going to play a huge role in fantasy and the play calls that are being made. Um, but he, he he was right on with every play call that entire game. Right. Um, so Tyler Tyler should feel happy about Tevin Coleman. And I, I I will also add um yes Tyler Tyler needs helping one and four. But I think it's always good um, grabbing players when other teams that are better off that have better teams are lacking a position. So you have Jack and Randall who are two of the better teams, but um, both of them struggling at running back right now. Randall obviously because Saquon's out, and then Jack because he drafted receivers in the first three rounds. Um. So grabbing a person like Tevin Coleman, uh, like this is going to be rare to come on the waiver wire. And so being able to grab him and keep him away from one of the top teams is also a good part of the chess match.
1: I agree. And I think that's a, a strategy that has to be um, implemented when you've sputtered out of the gates. I mean, at this point, exactly. you're looking at who you're matching up with each week and trying to quote unquote, you know, like running the ball against a really, really great offense in the NFL and fantasy. You're trying to play guys. You're trying to steal points with using receivers of opposing teams, quarterbacks. You're trying to muddy up the game a little bit and uh, steal one in a sense. Yep. And, and Paul, I don't want to go away from you yet because it also looked like you had your eye on a little bit of a future prize with Robbie Anderson Returning back to your roster, of course, we remember when you traded Sterling Shepard for Robbie Anderson, I believe, correct? Yeah, all true. And 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 then, unfortunately, Sam Darnold was announced with his uh, mono the next week um, or the next day. It's not often that you're able to grab guys like that back, as we see with myself and Tevin Coleman. I released him early in the season for roster space, and now, of course, yeah. wishing he was still there. How are you feeling with Robbie Anderson returning to your bench for the second time this season?
2: That is a great question, Connor, because he has already been dropped from my bench. It was a quick turnaround for me on the waiver.
1: Wow. Wire. I, um, I, I didn't even scroll <laughs> down far enough to see that you had dropped him. Oh,
2: uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give a quick explanation. Well, um, Why don't you let I us like
1: know him. why you swapped him then?
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I liked him. And then I saw Deshaun Jackson was still on it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to start. Um, Robbie Anderson this week anyways. I'm going to grab Deshaun Jackson before he's a hot commodity in the league, so I'm going to grab him because he's probably the number one, number two receiver on that Eagles offense when he comes back. Um, And then I also grabbed uh, Reggie Bonifan, who probably no one's heard of, Carolina backup running back. Right, had the 75-yard touchdown this
1: last weekend.
2: But showed that he could break out too, and I am loving Christian McCaffrey, and I want to continue to reap the benefits from that. Um, and so I wanted to handcuff someone early just in case anything ever went down. So um, I did those moves. I like Jackson better than um, Robbie Anderson. And then I got Bonifant as a handcuff to fill in the last roster spot. So um, sorry, Robbie Anderson. I think he's a good fantasy pickup if you do need a wide receiver. Um, but I will go with Reggie Bonifant and Deshaun Jackson for right now.
1: Love it. And then Derek, yeah. your hot commodity this week, defense. Ravens defense added to your roster. What was your thinking there?
0: Oh my God! Well, I was just looking at who they were playing this week, and it's the Cincinnati Bengals. So, I, I've been all about just following or streaming those defenses who, you know, are playing weak offenses and um, are really just expected to uh, have a few turnovers and keep the keep the point total low.
1: Yeah, I think that's a that's kind of where my head was at too. Picking up the Chargers' defense, um, obviously they were kind of a noted defense in the early going and had sputtered out of the gates. But of course, when you're matching up against Pittsburgh's third string quarterback, now, no offense, Derek, uh, the odds are kind of, are hopefully in my favor.
2: Yeah. Screw you, Connor. I tried to get the Ravens and the chargers defense, right
1: there. Hey, we all had a lot of unsuccessful moves. I'm looking at a a billion of them right now. And that just shows progress from our league as everyone active involved making really impressive uh deep roster pickups for for a 10 man league usually you wouldn't yeah, see absolutely. people getting yeah so smart with um, where they're going on rosters when you only play ten guys these are more like twelve t- uh, 12 team or twelve yeah starter roster uh, moves and it's it's really impressive to see because a lot of them have paid in spades so yep, absolutely I think that kind of wraps up the waiver wire for week six of course we're seeing less and less actually one one or two more guys I want to hit on before we move on. This always happens during this segment. I see one or two names that I just can't pass up. Jack adds Gerald Everett from the Rams, who's been targeted like crazy, and with Brandon Cooks potentially out, um, are we thinking Gerald Everett, who we saw also at the end of the 2018 season come alive, could be a security blanket for Jared Goff going forward?
2: Yes, but he he has so many wide receivers as is he's going to pass the ball a hundred times. It's great for a target share standpoint just because chances are, if he's going to throw the ball 50 times a game, yeah, he's going to get the ball several times. I think it's a good move, especially when the tight end position historically has lacked depth. Um, I think it's a good pickup for him.
1: And then the the last, last guy I wanted to hit on, um, of course, Gardner mustache Minshew. I, I know, I knew it. Of course. Well, you can't, you can't pass it up. So Gardner is, a guy who has not scored less than 15 points in any of his fantasy matchups and has a pretty friendly schedule coming at him after maybe this New Orleans defense. Um, then he's got Cincinnati, the Jets, and Houston before his bye week. Is Gardner a guy that you should be looking to acquire for cheap or at this point do is he a proven fantasy option?
2: Yeah, He's a streamer that's a high-end streamer okay. that you can keep for multiple weeks, I think is how I'd put it. Um, you're not, you're think, not
1: looking to add him to your roster like maybe a Russell Wilson?
2: No, exactly. Like absolutely not. Like I said, I, I would keep him unless the matchup's really unfavorable, and then I'd pick up someone like I think Phil Burgers is back on the waivers, or so I'd, I'd even pick up James Winston on a favorable matchup. So I think he's a high-tier streamer that you can maybe keep for multiple weeks based off of the matchups that they have coming forward. Um, even New Orleans I think would be he's a pretty good starter um, especially because he has two receivers that are really good and New Orleans really only has one good corner to defend um, those two receivers so um, I think I think he's a good streamer um, that you can keep for multiple weeks it's kind of my rundown of it
1: yep I think that's a good point Uh, Derek anything to add on Mustache Minshew
0: I definitely think he's progressively getting better and better but yeah still not at that point where he's a He's must considered have. Considered
1: an X factor. Yeah, uh, I'd have to tend to agree in this situation, but kind of gives me a little uh, energy and electricity every Sunday if I were to be starting yeah. him on my fantasy roster and then just uh, to go along with his persona. Definitely. All but right. I'd be well, scared to start him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's take one quick break. When we come back, it's scrutinized the spread and the week six power rankings. We're excited to share. Back short. First off, I just want to go ahead and say props
0: to ESPN on this projection. I think they hit the hammer on the head or hit the nail on the head with a hammer. I I, I think that's (laughs) all right. Yeah, whatever, whatever the fuck that phrase I think you
1: are right. Time for scrutinize the spread. I love this moment each week because it gives us a chance to dive into the Lug rosters and our projections and the outlooks for the coming week. Um, Paul, me and you square off this week, and it's been Let's go. it's been somewhat quiet, which I appreciate because I think everyone um, listening knows that me and you tend to get a little loud. Uh, I think we're both in that situation at two and three where we're too nervous to maybe jinx our own teams. At least that's how I'm feeling. I'm confident yeah, no. in terms of both of our rosters, but. This is a pivotal week, so I'm too really nervous to jinx anything on one way or the other. And right now you're favored by twelve. Does that make you feel any better? Or are you kinda in the same boat as myself?
2: Almost it almost feels worse at this point. It's just I like, can wow, understand where you're coming from. Yeah. <laughs> it and sucks to I, be favored like, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and I, like Kyle had been Kyle has been in the like one fifteen range every week for his like fantasy lineup and then he came short so many times. Um, and it's like not talking trash on Kyle. It's like that's just what's been happening. That's, that's the what's team that happened. stuck out to or you
1: where it's kind of seen that trend.
2: Yeah, and it's just scary when I see this many points on the board. I'm like, I look at my lineup and I look side by side with every single one of your players. And I like almost every single one of them, aside from maybe DJ Chark and Damian Williams coming back. But, like, it's still so scary. And you just don't know. Like, you, you don't know in fantasy. Right. Cooper Cup could finally... Give, give me a goose egg like Mike Evans did last week. Melvin right. Gordon could decide that, or they could decide that Eckler is the perfect matchup this week and Melvin Gordon gets nothing. Um, so it's a, it's a scary matchup for me. Um, and then I have two guys, two of my top two guys on bye next week against a good team in Kyle George. So I really need this win this week. I mean, we both do, but um, I'm I'm... I'm scared. I'm yeah, really scared. I,
1: I I get where you're coming from. <laughs> I definitely understand where you're coming from. Um, that matchup between you and Kyle is going to be a bloodbath. I can't wait for that one already, Derek. Um, when you're looking at Paul's team and you see him at two and three, what what strikes you more, the roster or the record? Um,
0: I'd say I'd say a little bit of both, honestly. Oh, I
1: mean, you're going to middle ground me. I like it.
0: Well, yeah, because. It's a good thing for both reasons because I, I mean the record uh, it's not the best, but
1: but he's not I, out I of know. it you're, by you're, any means.
0: You're you're right there. Yep. And you can easily win this, so it, it's better than I mean I would expect going into the season from from last year. Um, but and then and then looking at the team on the other hand of things, like or on the other side of things, it's looking unbelievable. So it, I don't know, Paul. You're in a really good spot right now. I think two and three, it's, it's not the worst and you can, you can, you're just right there. So I think everything is very possible
2: for you. I just like, it's like, we are talking to my opponent about this. I still, it's just a very interesting thing to be two and three with When I'm looking at my lineup, I'm just like, how is this team two and three? Well, to be and, completely honest with and, you.
1: And like I don't think you're too far off because when I look at your lineup, I, I see the same thing. Um, Obviously, noting that Melvin Gordon hasn't been back but the last two weeks, so that that's a but big Mar- name.
2: Marlon Mack and Philip Lindsay can fill in those spots every week. Like, right, you know, like those are two; those are two big names that you can fill in those. Like, it, it's just interesting to me, and it's fine. Like I understand that I'm two and three, and that's what the record shows, and that's what my teams worked, because that's what I've proven. But it's just I I see every single guy, and I'm like I. Think everyone would be happy if this guy was on their team
1: I, I and I can attest it. to that because when I'm I felt like this week the roster I'm putting out there kind of my key players um being Alvin Kamara carry on Johnson Kenny Galladay of the Lions together there and then Thielen um I felt good about the roster I was putting out there I felt good about my flex I still have the option to play Fuller again if I think he might catch lightning in a bottle twice but Every time I go to the matchup screen, I'm just kind of blown away by how much star power is in your lineup. Like, and then on yeah. your bench too, it's kind of shocking. And then, yeah, exactly. So, uh, that's why I think you know, if anyone out of the two and three teams can not be relaxed, of course you can never be relaxed in fantasy, but can feel confident going forward. I would say it's your team. That being said, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like it, my team definitely is frisky enough to steal one from you this oh, weekend. Absolutely. So don't Especially be comfortable.
2: No, I, I, especially after seeing this last week, it's just like, I mean, even having John go off, like, it's like any team that you could play could do that. Like, right. especially, again, especially now that John has shown that his team could even do that, it's literally a bloodbath no matter what week it is.
1: Right. And that's a good point. And, and speaking of John's team, let's move into his matchup this week because John's kept himself right in the running despite us... Uh, Given him a little crap as the Thursday night game kicks off. John's going to have Josh Gordon and he's matching up this week against Cooper, who will sport the new England defense against that beat up giants offense on Thursday night. Um, right now, Cooper's projected to win by 10 points. Exactly. Um, Cooper three and two, of course, John two and three, this is a divisional matchup. How do we feel about John's prospects in this one? Um, Paul, uh,
2: love that Cooper, uh, went to inferiority and changed his name to Jack Mehoff <laughs> because uh, he realized that I was the one that dominated him last week. And he realized that that name had no place on his roster. Anyways, that's a, uh, that's
1: a good, that is an interesting note. I didn't note that that change, but Cooper did move his uh, name from, Hey, would you blow me comma Paul question mark to Jack, um, that's yeah. Jack mehoff That's Jack M E H O F F. Uh, obviously, must be a dear friend of his.
2: Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so um, it's clear that um, Cooper was the one that was uh, blowing me last week. Anyways, moving on. Um, I like Cooper's roster. Uh, Cooper's been been doing one of those things where he's been getting the best player in a lot of these transactions. And while he may have been getting the best player, um, other teams were getting more depth. But the best player scenario has proven. Very good for him having Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Alshon Jeffrey, Marvin Jones, and then getting Will Disley off of waivers. Cooper's team is something that shouldn't be messed with, especially when the Patriots already have an interception um, in this game, and they will continue to be a dominant force this year. Um, Whether or not you think their defense is overrated, their schedule is not, and they have very few opponents that have winning records, and that will continue for the rest of the season. The Patriots is a legitimate... um, Top twenty five player on honestly this season. Uh, like at this point, like I am okay saying that without well, they. I
1: don't disagree um, at all.
2: Yeah, so uh, Derek um, Cooper, Cooper's Cooper's going to be he's in a good spot playing um playing Mr. Thailand.
1: Okay, so you 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 feel he's he's matched up well against John this week, Derek. Um John shocked us with the win last week, I think it's safe to say, as did most of the one and three teams. So I'm, I'm not throwing John too far under the bus there. But what do you see in his roster that gives you some hope um, this week against Cooper, who has, you know, shocked a lot of people on his side as well?
0: Well... What what I saw last week as I was the one on the other side of that surprising win. Sorry to make Um, you say it. I just I just I couldn't let it go. No, you're good. You're good. I just saw um I, I don't know, just some some players that were putting up some mad numbers in those afternoon games. It was Aaron Jones and Amari Cooper literally in the same game, just going back and forth. Like John yeah, John scored. Which were, our score was going back and forth up until those afternoon games. And then Phillip Rivers and Keenan Allen shit the bed. And then his two players fucking.
1: Aaron put Jones up, with four touchdowns.
0: Yeah. Put up 78 points combined. I heard Tyler say that. That's the amount of points i freaking scored all week. Right. Like, are you serious? You, you, were, you I, weren't it, winning
1: that one no matter what.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it just goes to show, like, he still even has Todd Gurley on that roster. He he just has those players who can just go off. And it, it's really scary. Um, you know, looking at that now, just especially with Amari Cooper kind of solidifying his, um, I, I, his like eight to nine receptions, he's getting a game on average. So I, I, I just, I, yeah, I, I think John's, John's definitely, um, in a good spot right now.
1: Yeah. I, I think right now I would have to say, um, you would expect Odell Beckham maybe to, to pick it up a little bit, not that it's really his fault, but, um, the, the big question mark for me and John's lineup is Todd Gurley. I mean, there's a chance he doesn't play here in week six, and the injury news is not looking great, um, along with Amari Cooper being marked as questionable. Uh, John's going to have to hit the lottery, in my opinion, to scratch this season together, but he's a guy that's done it so far and has been known to do it in his career. So I've been John's really screwed. impressed with this. John, John is
2: screwed. John, John is so screwed.
1: I, the roster would suggest that, but the owner would suggest differently. If you were to look at his past, I think if anyone can do it, that John is one of the few, um, Dude,
2: I, at this point being one of the worst owners in this league, I don't give a shit about your past. If your team doesn't look good, your team isn't good. And so far he has very few guys in that offensive lineup that look like I'd be wanting to have on my team.
1: That's, I mean, those that that is a fair point because, unfortunately, I would have to agree. There's not many guys on his roster that I'd even really want. Um, If you look at Cooper's roster, on the other hand, he had a roster like that. And then, as Paul mentioned, he swindled us, bamboozled us, hoodwinked us all, um, and has put Mm -hmm. together a really, really decent collection of players, at least in that starting lineup. And then his savviness is showing with some of the bench pickups. Um, Most notably, Nick Chubb. League's fourth leading rusher, I was dumb enough to give away. Derrick Henry, Derek was dumb enough to give away. Alshon Jeffrey, been serviceable with Carson Wentz. Uh, and then Will Disley, a, a great pickup on the waiver wire. Cooper, really been impressive on how he's managed his team. And, of course, we've talked about him enough, but that Patriots defense has been solely responsible for a win or two. Um, my one quick question before we move on, is it sustainable? Uh, he
2: doesn't have a time to uh, when we start the weeks, it, it, depth is hard. Like honestly, John has way more depth on his team. Like you, you, look at both sides, and I think John has a little bit more depth. Like, if, is Cooper ever gonna start Kenyon Drake ever? Like, I know it's good to have him on your team, but Kenyon Drake is never going to be in a starting lineup. If there was a week to unless do it, it might Nick, be this week against Nick the Redskins. Derek, unless Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry get hurt, which they easily could because they get twenty carries a game. So it's just kind of sketch. Yeah, and and yeah, exactly. And then I don't want. Kenyon Drake in my lineup. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, do you want Tariq Cohen in that start? Like, again, it's just one of those things he needs to rely, rely on health. Um, yeah. And these trades for big guys, hopefully they pay off. But if injuries do occur, which they do start starting usually about now, um, we could see uh, a big fall off for his team.
1: And that that is a good point. Um, as we move along to this next matchup, first, uh, it's going to be Kyle against Randall in in a pivotal matchup for the Lug. I do want to stop real quick and talk about how we've moved into that part of the season where, granted, we've overrated depth in the past, but I think we're in the heart of where depth can really steal you a couple fantasy victories with injuries tallying up, and then, of course, bye weeks being in the full swing. Um, just give me each your 15 seconds on how you view this portion of the season and how important depth is to you because i think there's an argument to be made that if you're right, your starting lineup strong enough um you can get through this without a ton of depth yeah I not my argument but i think that's an argument
2: yeah, I mean uh, these are two teams I think specifically Kyle has a lot of depth on his bench having Sony Michelle Sammy Watkins uh, and Kyle's Larry got a lot of Drew star power it. too I've yeah, been preaching
1: yeah, that Kyle's team's really damn good and I'm I I want to continue to do that crusade
2: no I, I like I, like I'm looking at it again he's uh, made a
1: believer well, out of you Paul because I, I, I I've yeah. seen over the last couple of weeks that your eyes have or your heart has warmed to the roster
2: yeah it has, and once again, I saw that my top two picks are going to be on bye when I play him. I need to suck up a little bit more to prepare for um, maybe a rough week. So I needed to just kiss his ass a little bit um, in preparation for that. Um, but <laughs> That's his, a smart his, owner his, right there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, That's why I'm not he, shitting he, on you, just in case your team does show its full potential this weekend.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, he, he, I don't know if this is going to be his end-up starting lineup, but he has an interesting choices with... Uh, Robert Woods and the double tight end. Um, hopefully it pays off. Uh, Robert Woods, people have been predicting to have big week. Uh, it's going to be hard though against the 49ers. Like I, yeah. I know the ball oh, yeah. there, the, the volumes for sure there, but, uh, it, it'll be, it, it's hard when you have Larry Fitzgerald that you could easily start and, uh, Sammy Watkins, which I think he should be playing on Sunday. He'll be the wide receiver too, probably. Um, but it, it, that's a hard position, that wide receiver, too, on that lineup. And then we'll see if the James White, Sonny Michelle, um, James White over Sonny Michelle pays off. That's going to be a risk for him every week, and I would not be able to deal with that um, week in, week out, who I'm going to start.
1: Right. And, Derek, before I toss <laughs> this one over to you, um, Kyle did start James White tonight as he's played that juggling match of the New England backfield all season. Um, so far gets half a point halfway through the first quarter. Another note – You know, Kyle takes advantage of my stupidity second year in a row where I have been impatient with one of my good draft choices, this time it being Kyler Murray, who I, of course, picked and bragged about for a long time, but then gave up on with that Atlanta offense looking pretty meek Um, in the early going. Kyle picks him up, and he is a top 10 fantasy, or top 12, I believe, fantasy quarterback. What?
2: Yeah, I think he's number eleven. I think he's. I that number eleven. Yeah, I was, was going to say I
1: think he eleven or twelve actually. So yeah. a, a good move there by Kyle, and something that I think can pay off as Murray continues to improve and um, the season wears on, where two quarterback systems and fantasy can really help you win a ball game. Derek, on the other side, we're seeing Lamar Jackson at quarterback for the four and one Lamborghini Mercy chloe's thirsty and of course for those <laughs> listening who don't know out of 10. randall tainer yeah
2: yeah that one's unreal
1: honestly we've got to acknowledge this is probably the best one we've seen this season out of randall
2: yeah absolutely
1: i mean and so for those who don't know chloe of course kyle george's lovely girlfriend and uh randall taking personal shots but still getting those player names in there with josh lambo being featured this week um well done, Randall. That, that that deserves just a moment of clapping on its own. Everyone round of applause, please. Okay. And uh, uh, now let's talk about his fantasy team who also probably deserves a round of applause at the only 4-1 and one record in the Lug. Um, Derek, I'm going to let you lead this one off. Lamar Jackson and Dalvin Cook have obviously been a key portion of that magic potion Randall's twirling over there. But what I want to know is, how is he doing it with the rest of the lineup? What what portion of the rest of the leftover pieces are getting Randall these four wins?
0: He's, he's just straight up making the right moves. Like what we were saying earlier, he has the depth. The reason his team looks so intimidating um, is because he has a great starting lineup with a good bench, as does Kyle. So it, it just kind of goes to what we were talking about earlier, like being strategic with PPR. I really think he's focusing in on his receivers each week and um, just able to you know make the right calls on the players thrown in the starting lineup.
1: Well, and that's a wonderful point, I think, because when you look at the guys he's won with, I mean, it's guys like Tyler Boyd, it's guys like Chris Godwin, and then looking at the bench, of course, Darren Waller, Tyrell Williams, guys from maybe iffy offenses or straight-up bad teams, good offenses, maybe bad teams that – um, are, have been significant fantasy players. Tyler Boyd's a top 10 receiver right now in fantasy points, Chris Godwin. Um, I mean, you you love having that him out in your starting lineup each week because it's either six points or it's 40 points with how that Tampa Bay offense goes. And, and I think we can't give zero
2: points. If you have Mike Evans, well,
1: that, that, Hey, Paul, that just means that this week, wait, no, you're playing me this week. Back-to-back zeroes <laughs> for Mike Evans. Let's go, baby. Back-to-back <laughs> zeroes. <laughs> no, that's not great news for me. I think that just means they're going to be targeting Mike in the uh, early going this week. But Randall um, has to get credit okay. for a lot of those those moves that maybe we, not laughed at, but were wide-eyed early in the season, paying off. Especially a guy like Darren Waller for Oakland. I, mean, I know he has featured on Hard Knocks, and we've said a million times, Hard Knocks is BS. It doesn't really pay off. Waller proving differently.
2: Oh, so yeah. a, a fun thing that i want to mention um you look at both these starting quarterbacks that they have they have kyler murray versus lamar jackson um which like like by itself is like oh okay and then you look at the two quarterbacks that they have on the bench two future hall of famers two uh mvp candidates if not mvps two like, mvps um, yeah is not Ryan an mvp I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah so matt ryan and aaron Rodgers on their bench just kind of a Cool transition into this new era of QB. Yeah. Um, which, which Connor and I have talked about specifically, but it's something I'm excited for. To see that a rookie and then a second year are taking over two of the best quarterbacks that we've seen, um, or two of the better quarterbacks, I should say. In
1: the well, and, very, and specifically the fantasy future, because both those guys can throw and run and have a lot of poise out there. So, yeah, I mean, guys absolutely. that'll be targeted early on in a lot of drafts yeah. going forward here if yeah. um, things go the way we think they will.
2: Yep. All right, let's move
1: on. Let, let Yep, I agree completely. We're moving right <laughs> along to, uh, I believe, did I skip one here? No, we're on our last uh, matchup of the week yeah, already. No, oh, no, no, there we, we go. Have, we I did Derek skip Tyler one. It's Derek. Jennifer I was like, we haven't talked yeah. about Derek's team yet. And he, <laughs> Derek, I don't mean to speak for you, but you're looking for a rebound win this week. And uh, it's against the one guy who... I think I wouldn't want to play this week. That's Tyler Baggenstoss. He's 1-4. And, and we talked a little crap on Monday's uh, podcast, but here's the thing. He's fighting for his life, Derek. Tell me why your roster is just playing out too good.
0: Yeah, well, see, the biggest thing that we actually I haven't mentioned yet is the big time trade what that i just made with jack so well, this I is the time over,
1: to mention it derek
0: yeah exactly so i sent over <laughs> you're on fire this the, pod on the Bengals, i did not want him on my roster because i was tired of having pretty good players on very bad teams it was just my whole team going down it you guys even mentioned it on the podcast i think it was on the, yeah this week, no no I, I remember
1: when we were talking about that we said you have a lot of number ones on teams that are just struggling yeah
0: and it's just gotten to the point where we're starting to learn which teams are elite and which teams are shit.
1: The trends and, hold up at this point, in what and what you're seeing. Yeah,
0: and you want you want the players who are going to score points on your team. And the Seahawks are good this year. They're proving Russell's proving that. I don't know. He's he wants to. I mean, I mean, he's he a leading MVP
1: candidate right now.
0: Yeah, exactly, dude. He's just. I don't like point. the guy,
1: but he, wow.
0: Yeah. And just like having him and Tyler Lockett, having that, those core Seahawks players on my roster, it just, I don't know. It makes me feel a lot better. That's for sure. And going against Tyler, it is tough because um, he he really is looking at every matchup um, for the remaining weeks as just extremely important. Like he has to win. It's a must win every week. And I think like, um, a, a big thing he was looking at was the Josh Jacobs buy and um, not having another running back to fill. I I, I think that trade, he, he was just looking at how important um, every one of his games are throughout the rest of the season. He, he just wants to... I, I don't know. I feel like it was just really important for him to get another running back there just for this matchup.
1: Right, and, and I think that's a good point. And, and with him having um, Breida and Coleman, obviously... You know, a result of that trade, and, and one thing to note about Tyler's team that I just love as I'm scrolling down here, he's the team that's holding Antonio Brown on the bench. In that, um, oh yeah, I'm not making fun, but at one and four, that's a risky play. You're really betting Definitely. on yourself too. You're wasting a roster spot hoping to come back there. Um, Derek, the thing I I loved that you did this week is. You know, we had heard rumors of what Jack's asking price for Russell Wilson was. Um, do you want to expand on that a little bit and then where you guys ended up?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, originally I offered him Joe Mixon for Russ. It was like two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, but I still had Derrick Henry on my team. And Jack would just not stop offering me rebuttal trades with Derrick Henry. He'd wouldn't take Mixon just straight up for Russ, which, like, I mean, I kind of understood just because Mixon, he was still sketch. Um, it, it, it's – I, I kind of understood his viewpoint. But, yeah, I, I ended up getting rid of um, um, Derrick Henry, so he didn't he, – he couldn't keep throwing him into the picture once, once I got rid of him. And then, yeah, I, I was just looking at it. He just had Russ just sitting there. I knew he needed another running back. Um, and yeah, I was just like, let's go ahead and send it. Let's make both our teams better. He ended up saying he wanted another receiver. So I just threw in Landry.
1: And I think you did that. I I do think you did a good job making both teams better. Paul, uh, I want to give you the floor here with Tyler's team. Um, Tyreek Hill questionable this week. And honestly, the news I've heard, the reports I've seen, not great that he's going to play this week. Um, Andy Reed wants him out there, but it sounds like he might've actually tweaked the shoulder injury during practice last week. So, um, what are your interpretations of Tyler's chances to get a win this week?
2: Well, if he doesn't play, is he going to get fined, or is he going to have to drop someone because he has Sterling Shepherd and Dorsett
1: on the bench right now? So, um, I well, guess he could play he, a running back. Yeah, it's, I guess it's in his flex, flex spot. I yeah, think he. Yeah, I we got to give Roy, Tyler guess, credit here. Because I think that's a very intentional move to play Tyreek in the flex spot. I think that was well thought out. So I get where you're, uh, I, I appreciate no, you. Po- he, he,
2: no, I see. I see what he's doing now. I see what he's doing. I uh, He's going to put Tevin Coleman in and have the Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman double. I love it. I love it. I hope he does <laughs> Um Against the Rams the front, though,
1: that's a little scary.
2: I think it's fine. 49ers are really good. Um, I, I I love that, actually. Um, I hope he does that. That'd be fun to see. Um, but now I need to talk a little bit of shit. Um, so, back to my analogy after two weeks, where I was like, the higher up on the ladder, the, the harder the fall. So, I let Tyler hit his climax in the victory versus me. I sacrifice my team that week so he would fall and hit rock bottom. And he admitted that he hit rock bottom. And I think he will continue to be on this rock bottom as Derek takes another big victory this week, only demoralizing Tyler that much more. I cannot wait. Tyler was on such a high after beating a team that has historically never done well. So he shouldn't even be proud of the win, but he was stoked on it. Tyler was excited. They came munching at the bit when I came in on Monday night saying, oh, Paul, you suck this. Paul, you suck that. Blah, 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 blah. And now we see the real loser here in Tyreek Hill daycare service. So, Tyler, <laughs> I am sorry, but your record is about to move from 1-4 to 1-5. And, and I cannot wait to see you continue to be on rock bottom. So, suck it, Tyler.
1: And and a, obviously a bad time for Patrick Mahomes to suffer suffer an ankle injury as Tyler's not only dealing with that but um, repairing the wounds of that vicious attack from Paul right there. Uh, a quick a quick game break update. This is insane, folks. The New England Patriots defense and special teams scores what? another touchdown. The Patriots no block a punt <laughs> from the Giants Ooh. about 20-yard line and score. And I believe it was Chase Winovich, the rookie out of Michigan, that scored um unbelievable amount points. of success by the Patriots defense fantasy-wise. Cooper already sporting 21 points from that defensive spot. Um, and we're not even through the first quarter. That's That's just, I had to give an update because I can't believe my eyes this isn't uh, like shit right uh, okay sorry i we're all a little shocked let's move into the last matchup of the weekend um that is jack versus david david fresh off one of the most frustrating losses we saw this year and i'm not just saying that because i won but because the only way i won honestly this is just a moment of pure admission is because will fuller had a career day um David deserves to be three and two right now, but instead is in the boat with the rest of us at two and three. Uh, He matches up against Jack, but he's favored by two. David favored by two, despite Jack being three and two um, and one of the storied owners, probably the storied owner so far of our uh, Lug. What do we think when we see David favored by two? David, it's important to note Tom Brady and Julian Edelman, both in his lineup tonight, zero points as we end the first quarter in New England.
2: I think Jack is probably, he probably won't like me saying this. I think he's the weakest uh, three and two team. And David's up there with one of the better two and three teams. Um, so, and this goes for all the, this goes for every matchup that's two and three and three and two, but every win matters. And, For Jack to continue to want to stay towards the top of this league this year, he's going to have to fight for every victory, which obviously he knows. Um, He has a deep lineup, which is at least good, because there's been some points in the year where he hasn't had a deep lineup. So he has options to choose from. But we were talking about his team being pretty dominant early on in the season, and this is by no means a dominant team. It is a very good team that can go to the playoffs, especially with good ownership that Jack has shown. But the perfect example with David on the other side, Who's uh, ranked way lower still has uh, a two point advantage on him, um, and that he has a two point advantage, and that's with Tom Brady and Julian Edelman both having zero points in the starting lineup right now. So that should be noted as well. But um, it's it, this is actually the, the matchup I'm most excited for because it could make Jack three and three, and it could make David also three and three, but um, a little bit more of a threat.
1: To you're, else. you're kind of hoping for Jack to lose. It sounds like. I mean, we're reading Absolutely. through the line. I,
2: at, at this point I hope Jack and um and Randall lose every week. Um, yeah, that that's so we fair. I honest. guess with
1: their yeah, hot starts, yeah. that's just awesome. that's just common sense. Um Derek, do you agree with if, Paul's? If every statement team there? could
2: lose, if every team could lose except mine, I'd be happy so Right. Exactly, have nine right. that's not really win, I'd, I'd have to yeah.
1: agree with that same logic. Yeah. Derek, um, <laughs> yeah. of course you traded with Jack. Does it worry you the Joe Mixon emergence potential, or are you thinking this season is a kind of loss for Mr. Mixon? nah
0: that guy is trash bro wow wow you're lineup, jinxing yourself seeing, boy seeing jarvis and joe in the in the starting lineup i don't know it just feels kind of good not seeing them on my team anymore it's just Mixon, he does get all the carries i mean geo comes in on those third downs for catches um but it's just they're always losing so they're always throwing the goddamn ball and mixing uh, yeah it's just that's a great point just yeah it was just hard having my on my team knowing that and then jarvis with like this baker ordeal i don't really know what's going on there um but yeah i I think day i actually have david winning this winning this game i like his lineup this week
1: okay yeah I, i i that's i like the bold prediction i'd have to go against both of you in this one honestly i think uh Jack's team is still very much set for success. I like some of the recent trades he's done. Um, Of course, his running backs are a little weak, but I like the fact that he grabbed Joe Mixon. I think, Derek, you made a good deal for Russell there as you needed a good, consistent quarterback. But I do think it also, like you said, made both teams better as Jack at least gets a number one running back, a starting running back. Um, Not number one fantasy-wise, but the most. He's going to be out on the field 75% of the time at that position for the Bengals. So. I think Jack definitely f- scores some benefit, Um, and I, I can't talk enough about how much I envy Deshaun Watson. Jack's had him in the last two or three years. Um, I forget exactly, but I've always tried to target him, and Jack takes him the round before I want him. I think Deshaun is a top-five quarterback and a top-five fantasy quarterback, and you pair that with the receiving core Jack has right now. I think... um I would have to disagree. I think he's someone that needs to be very much feared and considered going forward. David, on the other hand, in my opinion, I Paul, I'm actually I'm not really coming at you here because it's close, but I, I see the opposite of David. I don't love the roster. Uh, Fournette's come alive as of late, and I think that's going to continue with Minshew being the quarterback, but David Johnson now struggling with some injuries. We've seen that in his past. I don't love Edelman. As your number one receiver, I do love Gallup, but I would like to see him more as that flex. Um, interesting that David's going to sit Juju Smith-Schuster for the second straight week. I understand it with and that. And Terry McLaurin. And Terry I McLaurin, don't like yeah. Him. I, I, so I, mean, I don't McLaurin. Start, sure, but He better start him.
2: If, if not, David will go down as a worse owner than the, even you, huh. Derek.
1: Okay, well, I, I think Jesus, that's a little far. We're you. talking about a Redskins receiver. You can't really call him... Crit- to I get what you're saying, but you can't call him the worst owner in history for not starting an 0 and 4 teams no, or I'll an it, 0 and 5 teams receiver.
2: Yeah, well, okay, he's playing the worst NFL team of all time but, in the Miami Dolphins. But no, did you also no, hear no, that not, the, interim, wanna, the hear Washington
1: interim coach, Bill Callahan, said he wants to run the ball more than they have all season and that it doesn't matter how many yards they get, it matters how many yes, attempts I, they take? Yes.
2: The stupidest take I've ever heard. Probably <laughs> just trying to throw off an absolutely ridiculous Miami defense. That, that was just the mo- That was the coldest take I've ever heard. Besides any, anything That's why he's I'll an, an interim of head coach time. and <laughs>
1: won't be the full time. Um Guys, let's hop into Can a you short hear my break disc? here it was so
2: good and now it's losing its value. My diss that I just gave. But it's I'm okay. sorry. I hope it's okay. I'm sorry. I just there's... said. I'll but say it again. I got to stand. If you you know have, I love David. I've
1: left. always stood up for David's team, and I still will because of last year's run. From here on out, David's kind of my unspoken team.
2: The the Washington interim coach's take on the running game was colder than any take that Kyle even gives on Monday nights, which is saying something, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Anyways, <laughs> And that way, so that we can let that joke impact everyone, we're going to take a short break. Back soon. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat Back for our last segment, and of course, that's your Week 6 Power Rankings. We love this moment ever since Paul's introduced us to the Alpha Power Ranking system, where we let the numbers dictate who's ranked where, and then we just get to talk shit about it. And with that in mind, I'm going to let Paul take number 10 because it's Tyler Bagenstoss, Paul, you've already ripped him on this podcast. Do you want to continue here, or are you going to show some mercy as Tyler comes in at number 10? One and four. This was kind of expected, but at the same time, what do you see?
2: No, I'll, I'll I'll be nice on Tyler. I think his team is shitty. I think um, <laughs> that's nice. Ownership, I think his ownership prowess this season has been subpar at best. Um, but at the end of the day, his one win is against probably one of the best teams in this league. Being myself, so I can't talk too much, you know. But right. uh, here's what I'll say: that head-to-head um, is number, tough. Yeah, I, I think I mentioned this last week, but uh, number one in consistency and number eight in points per game. One of the worst combinations you can have have a consistent low score week in, week out. Um, so you don't see a lot of variance in how Tyler's team will rise or fall. It'll just consistently get you around 100 points, which we've seen. Won't do a whole lot for you um, in this league. So uh, Tyler at 10, and I think he belongs there at this point, being the only one in 14.
1: Okay, like that. I, I think that was a pretty solid th- uh, statistical, analytical take from you. Yeah, I don't think there was too much personal prejudice involved. Derek? you got to try it going to you at number 10 or number nine here we're going international it's john fishback we heard him on first and 10 delivering legendary takes of course as you would expect um what do you see on his fantasy team and the numbers when it comes to the alpha power ranking system putting john at nine
0: yep yep well uh obviously can't be too hard on the kid he just absolutely destroyed me last week um but I don't know. Number nine, just like looking at all the other teams in in the league, I, I think it's pretty fitting. Um, but I, I do think it, it's huge for him just seeing Aaron Jones and Amari go off, showing what they're capable of. And then Gardner, um, I, I, I think he can definitely help John out. But, yeah, the biggest thing is, is his first two picks, Odell and Todd Gurley just haven't been who we thought
1: they were going to be. Right. I mean, that's, and that's always tough to overcome. I mean, at that point it's a free for all. And I think John's actually done a really good job with the position he was dealt after the draft with that roster. Granted he put himself in that position with how he drafted, but I think he's done a really nice job hanging in the fact that he's two and three, I would be hard pressed to think I would be any better with what was given to him after the draft, not given what he earned for himself after the draft with that roster. Coming in at number eight, it's poetry. It's me, um, and I get to take it. I think that's very fair right now. I think I've done a good (laughs) job establishing a lot of depth, but this is always my issue. I get impatient, and I go for the guys who explode early, and uh, I think at this point, I do make a consistent mistake where I go for a really solid, depth-ridden roster where in fantasy, a lot of the people that have won consistently um, outside of Jack, you know, Jack as well, obviously, but outside of Jack also are smart about how they gather some superstars that they can rely upon a long time and then pay exen- pay attention to those auxiliary positions. What I will say is I think um, I do a decent job of predicting good matchups um, for those depth guys, you know, guys like Mike Williams, guys like Jordan Howard, guys like. Of course, Will Fuller, that was a bit of luck, obviously. Um, Just played him because they played Atlanta defense, and he saved my season early on, it's safe to say. I'm not too upset with the number eight ranking. The way I look at my team, I need to prove it, and then at that point, I'll be a little more confident. But until I can consistently prove it, I think being in the lower half is very fair. Um, Let's not hesitate. Let's not give you more... Better said here, let's not give you guys a chance to absolutely dagger me with any more arguments. And, Paul, I want to give you number seven, and that's David Walzer. Suffered a loss to me this last week, but has shown you know, to be one of your favorite teams in the league. Can you uh, expand as David comes in at number seven in the alpha ranking, yep. power ranking system? That loss
2: sucks. It was one of the like highest points scored this
1: season I think it's that was that was I think 100% the worst loss of the year as David loses to me scoring 144 I was a one in three Jesus. team let, let me just explain this to listeners not involved in the loop as a one in three team my roster had put up 66 points the week before which was the lowest of the season by any roster I had um Will Fuller in my starting lineup, despite not scoring double digits all season. And what happened was Will Fuller put up 46 points, the best wide receiver output in the last decade, the last decade um, by our scoring metrics. Uh, And David put up 128 points, I believe, knocking on 130 and unfortunately lost yeah. by double digits. That is a yeah. formula if you've played fantasy for a decent amount of, of time, excuse me, that is just unheard of
2: yeah so with that like david's team i ain't saying deserves because no you get the you get the record that you have but he is any team away from being three and two pretty much um david's right there with you in the middle of the pack when it comes to um when it comes to rest of season roster and then he's not consistent but number two in scoring which is an okay place to be um being non consistent is good if you are a high scorer because that just means you can pop off and get a bunch of points. Um, but David's team is very average, so having him at seven, I think, is a pretty good spot to put him in.
1: Yeah, that's that's I think that's a good point. Not not so much about the average, you know, factor, but the point that yeah. his rest of season roster is right in the middle, and we've kind of seen him end up being right in the middle after about half of the season so why would we expect him to shoot to the top outside of maybe some outlier performances and exactly in my personal opinion I don't know if the players he has are poised for that outlier second half but I'm also two and three so what do I know and rank behind him in the alpha system so Derek moving you on to number six and the man you are talking about is Cooper Sprunk number six despite being three and two um, Paul noted last week that Cooper is one of the least consistent teams, despite his decent record. Um, what What are your thoughts it, when it comes to Cooper? Does it go beyond the stats this season?
0: Um, I'd say yes. I, I would agree. I he, yeah, I I think he's doing a great job. Just um,
1: playing the matchups, absolutely.
0: Exactly, exactly, and yeah, we obviously we said what we did about his running backs and it's just yeah it's unbelievable you can't um you can't look at his lineup and not have confidence with him and it, now that his receivers are really starting to help him out or at least that i think marvin jones was um, a pretty recent ad it was involved with that tyler trade or right something like that i know he acquired him pretty recently so it, it's nice to see some more depth at receiver and well yeah it- definitely very fitting
1: and if we were to guess how this week is going to go, because Cooper traded for the guy, look for Marvin Jones to have about thirty-five points.
0: Wow! Holy moly! No, yeah, I mean, that's it, kind of a joke.
1: Just Cooper. Record, Cooper be has been the uh, the guru when it comes to predicting and trading for the guy that's going to break out. Um,
2: Cooper will be the first to say that every single one of these has been luck. And I know we'll say, "Oh, well, at this point's not luck." No, Cooper has gotten so lucky this season. I'm going to say it right now. No, I still think. I, he I has think... One of the-
1: I, Paul. I think you're exactly right. But I think at this point, where we are coming from, when we're saying, "Oh, at I this know. point, it's not luck," is it's not maybe skill, but destiny.
2: Yeah, that, nice <laughs> Nice. Uh, and then with destiny, should we move on to number five?
1: Yes. And I know you're moving that because it's you. And although it's my turn, of course, I'm gonna let you talk about it.
2: Thank you. Um, y'all be biased towards my team. Um, I I really truly believe. And you guys can get me off my high horse. I won't be mad. I think I'm one of the three best teams in the league, um, despite my record, Um, when it comes to my strength. uh, So many different places, including the power rankings, have my rest-of-season roster ranked at number two uh, behind only Kyle George. Um, I rank three in points per game and six in consistency, which is two good metrics to look at. Um, And so I think, despite my record, I really, truly believe in my team this season. Um, I think when anyone looks at uh, who they have to match up against, seeing Mike Evans is the number one receiver and Cooper Cup is my number two receiver, and then the MVP um, probably number two right now in Christian McCaffrey, um, I think my roster puts together a really uh, complete lineup that should be
1: scared, scary for anyone. It,
2: um, it is. So, yeah. So, with that being said, I know I'm power-ranked uh, middle of the pack, and that is because of my record. Um, but I'm also the highest power-ranked two- and three-team um, and hopefully getting a win this week against uh, none other than Connor Scott. Um, hopefully you'll see my uh, power rank jump even more. I've, um, and I I've think gone we up will. the power ranking system every week. I've, I've, gone up the power ranking system every week and I hope I can continue that track.
1: And I think we will. And I'm not even just being biased cause you're on the pod tonight. I do. I actually agree. And the Patriots pick off another pass. Are they going to score? They are no. taking it down the sideline, down the 10, the 20, and they won't score, but another pick for the Patriots defense. That's just insane. Christ. Um, Paul, I'm not even just sucking up to you. I think you're actually right. When you look at your team, one of the things I was looking at today is just your the starting roster averages. Your team right now, the starting lineup you have in currently averages averages through five weeks, one hundred and fifteen <laughs> points. So if that's the floor, then you're uh, you're going to be living in a penthouse soon. Um, Hopefully, that was really clever. I deserve some credit for that, no, Derek. Nice. That was good. I number that was good. four, it's yourself. So of course, just like Paul. Take it away.
0: Uh, I mean, I definitely I'll keep it short because I I went off on my team earlier when we were doing the
1: um, very respectful breakdown,
0: the breakdown against Tyler. But uh, yeah, just feel unbelievable with Russ in my lineup. Um, Finally, just some consistency there at quarterback that I can depend on. And yeah, I'm just kind of waiting on Le'Veon to have that breakout game, maybe a few touchdowns. Um, He's he's just been kind of sitting there around like. 10 to 12 points a game. So, um I mean, yeah, it, I, I definitely don't want to keep seeing those 78 points per game. Um So I feel like that's going to be the key. There's my running backs definitely need to um, live up to their expectations, at least that they had at the beginning of the season.
1: Yeah, I think that's a that's a good point. James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, obviously playing for teams that are struggling, but if they uh, show the talent that they obviously have, You're going to be in a good position. Um, Another guy that's going to be in a good position, and I'm going to take this one, that's Kyle George. He's at number three, finally at a point, in my opinion, where he's at least deserved. Um, I would even move him up. I think, in my opinion, based on what I've seen, Kyle and Paul have the one and two teams in the league by roster right now. That is very... I don't know if controversial is the right word. That's probably going to be disputed within our uh, league group text. But to me right now, those are the two rosters I'm most scared of. Of course, the statistics would favor Randall and Jack. And I agree. Those are probably in my eyes the top four teams. No offense, Derek. Um, Just how I see it right now, Derek, probably five. Uh, Kyle, his team has come alive as of late and I think is very similar to Paul's in that the roster he's assembled, and I've said this all year, is a roster full of talented players that it was just a matter of time before they show the workload and performance that you would expect. And while Paul's early season argument, and I, I give Paul credit for not sticking to this because he's smart and has watched what he's watched. But early season argument is that those guys tend to struggle the following year. I think this year, what we've seen is that they struggled early on, but they've continued to get the workload. Um, Even guys like Zeke Elliott, but I'm more looking at Ertz, gets on the touchdown train last week. Kelsey's the most targeted receiver, uh, tight end by quite a bit, and the fifth most out of all receivers, I believe. And uh, I mean, up and down Kyle's roster, even people struggling like Robert Woods have been targeted an insane amount. So the workload is there. I expect Kyle to continue to climb, and I expect his record to continue to improve. That's my personal take. And unfortunately, I'm not even going to let you guys dispute me because we're moving on to two. Paul, it's Jack McDonald at number two. We've seen this consistently the last two or three weeks, I believe. I don't know that for sure, but Jack at two, and that means Derek, get ready because Randall's at one. So, Jack, uh, Paul, take it away on Jack.
2: Yeah, the more honestly, and I, I, no, I like saying this. I, I really think Jack's team is overperforming. Um, I think they kind of have been all season.
1: I think. Um, so you don't believe in that court, receiving core. It sounded like consistently this this episode, we've kind of heard you not knock Jack team. You're definitely not knocking them because you've talked about him in the playoffs, but you're you're not believing in that strategy long-term for this exact season, not taking into account strong, his past, none of that, just this season.
2: Strong receiving cores are just tough for me, to be completely honest, just because uh, receivers have shown, especially this season, just to be very, very inconsistent. Um, I know he should be frustrated being a Devonte Adams owner. Um, and so it's just one of those things that it's tough to be an owner when all your receivers could go off one week and then just give you nothing the next week. And that's that's the nature of the position at receiver, um, probably the most heavily based off on a matchup, not even team, but like the player that will be match- matching up against them. That's going to be a hard thing for him to just cater towards all season. Um, he's fourth in points per game. Um, obviously, he had a poor showing this past week, um, so that'll hurt him there. Um, but he's still um, one of the more consistent teams, um, being uh, that he gets 111 points per game, being the second most consistent, uh, which is a good place to be. And I mentioned this to Connor earlier, and this should be of um, note to Jack: it's that uh, typically the Devonte uh, Devonte Adams owner this season has been one on a struggling team. Um, most teams typically uh, tend to have a losing record that have Devonte Adams in their lineup, and Jack has a winning record. Um, so that should be good because it's clear that Devonte Adams um, should come through at some point this season, but it just hasn't been shown yet. Um, and with so, him being
1: injured, I mean, we could see that trend continue.
2: Well, yeah, but I, I think he's questionable this week. Uh, we'll see if he has playing. Uh, But I think if he's not here this week, he's here the next week. Being with one of the best quarterbacks and being one of the top probably four receivers in the league, he shouldn't be too worried regardless of um, his output so far. Right. Anyways, I think Jack's overrated, but I think also him being two and being a good owner, which this doesn't take into consideration, um, should be considered. So I think two
1: uh, could be a good spot for him. Okay, that's fair. I I like how you came around at the end there. Um, Derek, Number one, it's been Randall consistently all year, and he deserves it. He's the only 4-1 team in the league, and he's the highest-scoring team in the league. We've been predicting a downside, I think, for Randall the last couple of weeks, and at this point, yeah. I think it's time to face the music that we might be wrong. Um,
0: yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, especially, yeah, going off of that, the Saquon um, shit that went down, obviously we thought that He was, was injured last down, week, and Randall
1: but, wins. Yeah. Brilliant yeah, ownership.
0: exactly and didn't even win I mean he's put up what like 150 160 he's averaging
1: 122 which is uh staggering
0: I was gonna go into that so yeah like um the uh leaders in points per game Randall's number one and he's a big time outlier at 122 and the um number two through number six they're all like around 105 to 112 so they're like all in that mix and he's just all the way up there Ahead of everyone, big time. So, um, that's obviously got to feel good for Randall. Stats don't lie. And having Lamar Jackson and Dalvin Cook, um, just, I don't know. It's, it's, exactly. it's hard to say bad things about this team, man.
1: No, I'm I'm completely with you. Um, and, and I think with that, Paul, we're, we're under the gun. So we're going to let you go here to the Blazer game. But thank it's you, been thank a you. It's been a phenomenal. No Blazers, baby. Say that one more time.
2: Go, Blazers, baby.
1: Right. I just needed that clearly because Rip City till we die, yes. baby. Um yep. for Paul, Derek, I'm Kamish Khan. Hey, we'll talk to y'all next week. Doses.
0: Bye. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game.
1: Playoffs? Don't talk about them. playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. If you want to crown them, then crown them. A-
2: but they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook.